0: between Sundays. I'm Tyler and I'm only here to buffer your excesses. Today we're keeping the party going and celebrating our 30th anniversary. Tim Ayers is here to give us a hankering for clinging to our faith in Christ and keep our consciences clean. But before we strike it rich in good works, generosity, and sharing with those who are in need, now that they've leveled out their emotional vertigo, let's welcome in our favorite treasures, acting like they're big shots. Marin and Barry, good day, guys.
1: Hey guys, good day.
2: <laughs> Tim gave you a lot yeah, to work with. Yeah, a lot of little work nuggets. So good.
1: Don't act like you're a big
0: shot. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's here. Tim, welcome back. Hey, it's good to be
1: here, man. It
0: be here. has been a long, long time since yeah. you've been here. A lot has changed, but hopefully, this feels much of the same.
1: It, yeah, I feel at home.
0: Um, yeah, you kind of gave us a synopsis of your sabbatical over the last weekend, but uh, I want to know more about the 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 emotional vertigo part. Like you went on sabbatical for three wait, months. Wait, wait. We are wait. three
2: seconds into the show, and you want to kick us off with emotional vertigo? I, I, I want to know what that means. Like <laughs> we
0: I, go deep. We heard all about. We heard all about <laughs> Tim's. Yeah, we we go straight to the. <laughs> Just cut to depth. the depths. Art,
1: but I want to know. Like, what does that mean? I think you, the reason he's going there is because he knows that I'm a really dangerous guest <laughs> and, and he wants to get the thing over yeah, with literally really fast. So literally I don't before get I walk comfortable and say something that will be permanently damaging. Literally I
0: walked before I walked into this room, somebody said, Hey, who's on the pod today? I said, Tim. He's like, I never know what he's gonna say. I'm like, Yeah, me neither.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he just told me that same story. I
1: passed yeah. him on the way yeah, in. Yeah, there you he go. told me that same story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So what is what is emo- emotional vertigo? How are we doing? Are you okay? I'm fine.
1: No, I'm really fine. The, the main thing was that I wasn't uh, 100% certain. I wasn't even close to 50% certain about how my own emotional state was towards working, yeah. retiring, mm. being with Jennifer all the time, not being with Jennifer all the time, all the things that are important to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Everything was important, and I just didn't know how I really felt about anything. Mm-hmm. And people kept asking me how I was, what I was thinking, or yeah. how, and I didn't know. And so I just felt a little bit dizzy mm. from it. And it only really came up in the last three weeks.
0: Yeah. Well, if there's ever going to be a time where somebody's like,
1: mm, I don't know if
0: I want to do that anymore, it's going to be three months with your spouse on a lake doing whatever you guys want to do. And it's going to be like, this is probably, this is kind of nice. I don't know that I want to go back to uh, the daily grind.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, we were only on the lake for five of those weeks. The rest of the time we were mostly here, but doing projects that we'd thought about or doing stuff together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're with our kids from Wheaton quite a bit. And it, it we actually built a new routine. Thirteen weeks is long enough to start a new routine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> it was a it's a wonderful routine, but it's it and it could be our life if I were to retire. Mm-hmm. But it's not yet the life that we believe we're called to be living right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well so it was a gift in the midst of the other stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah.
0: You need to retire whenever you want to retire, but we are glad that you're here.
1: Oh, I mm-hmm. appreciate that. Yes, I, we are. I am very thankful for the affirmation. Yeah. Um I was pretty much raised in a in a environment where your primary purpose in life was to denigrate yourself and not count yourself as work as meaningful, Mm. if that makes sense. Mm. And so for me to, it's easier for me to think that I'm, I'm living in a dream world where I think I'm wanted or needed in any manner. Mm. That's just the way I was brought up and to have the affirmation and to see that I can, can participate and add something to the mix is somewhat new for me. And yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, we're glad
1: you're back. I'm glad. I'll be honest. It's been a, the two weeks back, Jennifer and I looked at each other last night and said, this is wonderful. Hmm. The We Hmm. we love this. Great. We love this community. And it's not because we put 30 years into it, but it's because of the people that are here now and Mm. the things we're doing now. We're proud of the, uh, the, um, Aspects of our lives that have uh, been in uh, the engagement that we've had to get us to where we are. Yeah, but we just love the people here, and we're thankful for good. The, for what's That's going
0: awesome. on. Good. So, um, guys, a lot to get to today. Mm-hmm. Can we do a lightning round? What's new?
2: <laughs> you know, I'm not good with lightning rounds. <laughs> in in
0: four words or less, what's new?
2: Okay. That's not, that's not one word starting with Barry. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Barry, you don't have to do the four words or less thing, but it's four words or fewer actually, uh, to be clear, but, um, yeah, settle down. (laughs) I think the big news, which I'm sure it's okay for me, we've kind of leaked out this information. And so I might as well go ahead and just say this is happening. But on Sunday, Olivia and I are bringing home the newest members of the Rodriguez family for five five rabbits and camels nope nope five <laughs> potbelly pigs uh wow! so that's happening they're going to be living in our barn we are building live is mainly building <laughs> i'm just working she's mainly building the uh the pen for them they're going to have a great outdoor area indoor area they're going to have like the best possible life and so that's Why? happening. what are we doing like what what you said Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah, let's you're wait right. till next week I, I, and I'll give you the full. No, let's wait till next I feel week. Like that. All right. Pigs. I'll give you the full story next week after I've had a chance to get to know them.
2: Uh, Has Cleo had a chance to meet them yet?
3: No, no. They're they're from Oinking Acres, which is one of the places that we had as one of our our uh, locations for weekend of service. And so um nope, they're they're still over there. We have to transport them here. Um so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. I'll tell you all about it next week. Wow. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Wow. We should probably mention
0: Barry's not here. I'm not in the room with you guys. Uh he's 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 on a screen in our room here, but I, can't I wasn't able to be there in he's person. Not here. But anyway. Yeah he uh yeah he's he's working he's a working man today so he he's doing that from home and so we we're calling in. He's calling in. Uh, <laughs> I was working Marin, on my sermon. Oh, I prom-
3: I promise it was important, but
2: Maren, lightning round. <laughs> yeah, uh, Maren, what's new? Uh lots going on. Lots going on in the family. This weekend's gonna be a big weekend. Mm. Uh homecoming. Oh. oh. Well, here, yeah, here there's there's a choir piece. It's homecoming. It's homecoming. Do your kids um, have dates? No. Oh well. Yes. Hey. Oh. And no. <laughs> yes. And no. Um, anyway, but that's Saturday and it happens to be my birthday. So homecoming wow. on my birthday. Happy birthday. Uh,
0: are you going to like the homecoming game and are you a Probably. dance chaperone? No, we'll
2: go to the game on Friday and then no, I'm not, I'm not a dance chaperone.
0: <laughs> is Jed, that seems like something Jed would want to do. Jed would
2: love it, <laughs> yeah. but he wouldn't chaperone very well because he'd be dancing his heart out. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, no. no, he, he is the life of every party. Yeah.
1: You know, of course. when I was a kid uh, and i playing in bands that played at homecoming dances, yeah. my mom, would catch a bit of the fact that I was actually playing at a dance and say, Well, it's okay if you play, but don't you dare dance. <laughs> yeah. Dancing leads yeah. to all kinds of things. Yep.
2: I'm yep. thinking,
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can condone you the say, evil, right? but you can't participate, Tim. Uh, yeah. I uh, create the evil. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, just don't play Tyler, too well. What about well. you?
2: Lightning round.
0: Um, yeah, lightning round. I took Milo to his first Colts game ever, which was the best. It was a great experience. He's four years old, uh, courtesy of Marcus Castile, not needing his tickets. And so we snatched those up real quick. And I took him and $200 later, we had a great time. (laughs) Is that just
2: in gear? Just all the- Well, it's
0: like, it's like mixture of like the parking and then you get in Uh, and it's like, okay, we're going to get pizza and lemonade and uh, sit down. And I'm like, all right, you want to go to the pro shop? Yeah. So he wants football gloves, but football gloves are impractical. So I'm like, how about a jersey you can wear to school? So we get a jersey and then he wants a football. And then- I didn't want to carry him back to the car, so we spotted one of those like bike buggies yeah. and we got we got hauled from a the rickshaw? Yeah, we got we got <laughs> hauled from the stadium to our car, which was like half a mile away, cuz I didn't want to carry him and he was tired.
3: Bike buggy. Uh, that's and what we it's call called. That gear buggy. to carry, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny.
0: Yeah, we had to carry all the gear, but it was great. There was one moment, I mean, I don't know how much he was paying attention to, I mean, Peyton Manning, you know, got his Hall of Fame ring. At halftime,
2: it's cool that you were there for that.
0: It's cool I was there for that. You know, you picture like one of these days I'm going to tell my kids about Peyton Manning, but yep. that wasn't the time because Milo's like, "Huh, <laughs> what? What is that? What's a Peyton Manning?" So, uh, <laughs> it was good. There was a moment where he was like, "Dad, I'm having a lot of fun with you," and I was like, "Oh man, that makes <laughs> everything worth it. That that I'll spend five hundred dollars for you to say that." <laughs> like. That was, that was, it was a good time. So thanks to Marcus. That was uh that was a blast and it's super expensive to go to Colts games, but I hope we get to do it again. <laughs> 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 All right. We are, uh, we're in week three of our current ser- sermon series, Carry On, where we are looking back on the last 30 years of Grace Church and we kind of look toward the future of what kind of church we want to be. And so Tim, you're here because you gave the sermon and the message about um, about kind of Paul reaching out to Timothy, writing a letter to Timothy to, in, in encouragement and um, focus primarily on generosity um, of all of our all of the gifts God's given us. But for anybody who hasn't heard it yet, can you kind of give us a recap or a big idea of your message?
1: That's That pretty much was it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The Nailed big it. idea was uh, that in order for us to move ahead into the future. Yeah. That everybody needs to be on uh, be generous in the way that they can be. Yeah. And that was essentially the biggest of ideas. So you primarily
0: focused on First Timothy chapter six. And this was uh this was, this seemed like it was a pretty personal personally um I don't know, timely message to give because A, we're talking about Grace Church and our 30 year history, but we're also, I mean, you're fresh off sabbatical and you're kind of like looking at the impact you've had and in, in your, in your career and in your life, and then kind of where you are now in terms of being part of a new era, but also kind of looking to the next season. And so can you talk a little bit more about how, how you prepared for this? Was it, was it easy? Was it difficult? Um, in preparing such a personal
1: sermon? The way I prepared for this one, I started out the way I always do, which is doing as much exegetical work as I could on the passages. And I, and I realized that in order to talk appropriately about the three verses that were listed on the, as the primary verses that, that Barry wanted me to talk about, I, I needed to go back further and put it all into context. So I did all that work. And then I realized that almost everything that I was thinking had a, personal edge to it. And there was a lot of it from the fact that it's Paul talking to a younger person, Mm -hmm. Paul, the older guy talking to a younger person and I'm the older guy. Mm. And I had a sense, not that I was a Paul, that I'm Paul, but that it was this whole, the whole dialogue was relevant from where I find myself now, excuse me. And so what I did for this sermon was I just wrote down everything that came to my mind and heart. And I started out with reams and reams of stuff. And then I typed it all up. And then I spent the majority of my time editing out what I shouldn't say
3: Mm.
1: because so often, so often a message has things to say or to say to you personally that you need to go through that so that you can speak honestly to other people so that it actually you're speaking from a place of understanding somewhat what it'll be like for them to hear it Mm -hmm. and have it impact you but in this case it was more of a what am I thinking about that what do I feel about that this was more about me feeling stuff Mm -hmm. and so I prepared for it mostly as almost a an opportunity to tell the congregation that I was thankful for the sabbatical. I didn't talk much about that, but I did thank them. And then to say, okay, this is how this is all hitting me at this mm. moment. Because to be be honest, I was writing it in the space of, of just coming back and being back and forth in my head about, what do I think about this? what do I th- you know mm-hmm. and I, I have to be honest, I never had a thought that it was a bad thing to come back, but I am old enough to I just went to my fiftieth high school reunion on <laughs> yeah. Saturday night after I <laughs> preached on Saturday night and you're a grown-up boy <laughs> and yeah uh, and almost everybody was asking me, when did I retire have you retired yet that's what else was everybody's yeah. asking Have you retired yet mmm are you retired? No, they didn't say that. They said, are you retired? Because mm. almost everybody was. Right. Mm. And I don't feel retirement, like retirement material right now. Mm. Yeah. Because of all, if you put it all together, I still feel like I have something to offer
3: mm.
1: that's valuable in because the church is not, the church is something that needs everybody. This is exactly yeah. the yeah. point of the message. <laughs> yeah. The church still needs people like me mm-hmm. in the mix and at the appropriate place. Yeah, And that's what I was thinking about mostly as I was preparing that sermon. And and I hope I made that clear.
0: Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh,
1: what, what kind of feedback have you gotten? I have had a tsunami of feedback. Mm-hmm. I was not prepared for the number of people who've written to me or contacted me in some manner and people who've talked to me about people they've talked to Mm -hmm. that there was just something settling about it to particularly older people Mm -hmm. because it gives them permission to be down with all of this. You know, it's like, I'm saying, I love this and I'm Mm -hmm. down with this and I love this new young lead team and I like where we're going. And for some reason, you know, older people are just not supposed to say that about younger people <laughs> for some reason. And mm-hmm. I think that that's generally always been the case. Mm-hmm. But people were saying, wow, if Tim's feeling this way, and it's, then I can speak to that. I had a great breakfast with somebody this morning that that's what, all he was talking about was not, he didn't really talk about my message. He talked about the people that he'd run into who had been thankful for what I said. And I honestly, guys, don't know what I said that was so moving. I think the Holy Spirit takes our stuff and and manipulates it in people's hearts to the yeah. appropriate point. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just need to s I just need to say what I really honestly believe at the end of the day is the stuff that the Holy Spirit is telling me mm-hmm. to say. 'Cause I don't I didn't have an ax to grind. I mm. didn't have anything like that. I don't I I was just talking openly about what I thought the text said as it relates to us. Mm-hmm.
2: You did say something that really caught my attention because again, you were here since before day one, as you said yeah, in your I have, in your message. I was, yeah. That this young lead team, of which I'm a member, is actually older than the team of leaders that initially Absolutely. started. <laughs> Absolutely. Still I was
1: thirty eight. I was yes. 38 is, yeah. and I was the oldest person.
2: Wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, That's crazy. The, the vast majority of the people that started Grace Church were members of a Sunday school class from faith called the Home Builders. And it was the people who are starting their families. Wow! Hmm. And yeah, and I mean- almost everybody that was in that class, I was one of the oldest people in the class. And yeah. Well, I the mean, other
2: thing that struck me was that you said that you at that juncture 30 years ago had older people mm-hmm. who were supporting you and investing in you. And that's why grace became what grace Absolutely.
1: became. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I had, Amy's parents are one of those couple, but the faith church that planted us started in, I want to say like 1965 or something like that. I was in the fifth grade and they all seem like old people, but they were all in their mid Mm thirties with little kids. And the list is, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, there's still people at Grace whose parents started faith church. Wow. Wow. I could tell you who they are, but uh, it's not important right now to name everybody. But the point is this, that they had come out and they started a church out of a terrible situation. And it was terrible. And that yet they had to figure out how to become a community mm-hmm. and how to do this. And they were without a senior pastor the first year, wow. maybe two. I rem- And we met in places like... We met at Best Lock in the factory. They have a little chapel. We met there. We <laughs> met at Orchard School. We met in a Seventh Day Adventist church for a year. <laughs> we met in play. We met at. Uh, we I could go on and on of all the places we met. We met in the Lutheran church at 106th and and Keystone, which w- at that time was literally the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> and we just wherever they could find a space, wow. and they kept doing church until they finally found a place in Broderpool. And the people that started that church, a, a large number of them came out of faith with us because their children had Dave Rodriguez as their youth pastor.
2: Wow. And
1: mm-hmm. so they trusted Dave. They trusted him with their kids. They had faith in the energy mm-hmm. and they were present and that some of them became elders and spoke into our lives and from an official position, but yeah, they were there, but they never pressed us to be what they wanted us to be. They never told us that they never once, I can't remember ever having any of those people be anything but, but generous and supportive. One of, I was at a retreat with the elders one time, this was years ago. The church was probably only about two years old Hmm. And somebody said something critical of Dave Rodriguez and Ron Bowman, who is now Jesus. Recently, got up and just tore into this person. <laughs> and you know, I don't even remember what the complaint was, but I had, I was taken aback that this older gentleman was so adamant about the fact that you are not going to come here and talk about him that way. And you don't know what it's like to be in his, but all this stuff and I'm thinking, wow. And Ron Bowman really never had much to say about leading the church. He just was supportive. He was mm-hmm. there, but he was just supportive.
0: Do you, do, what do you attribute that? Do you only attribute that to, they had kids in the youth group that did, no, like, no. What, what do you attribute a lot of that to?
1: Well, I, you mean their attitude? <laughs> Yeah, I
0: mean leaving leave, or being supportive, um f- like
1: feeling called to that moment to to invest in younger people's lives. I think um, that they were aware that the world was changing. Mm. Mm. And it was right at the time when contemporary music was starting to enter the church. Shout mm-hmm. to the Lord. And they <laughs> they realized that what we were leaving behind at faith was something that was going to continue to only um, be appealing to the, to people who are all ultra churched Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had a, we had a big vision for, at that time I was deeply entrenched in the broad ripple music scene. Um, other people were, engaged in other parts of the world that had nothing to do with church and I could never, and I know this sounds terrible and I'm sorry if anybody's offended by this, but there was just no way to invite. I've told you the story about the gay people when I told them about the gay people that mm-hmm. were working for me and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And they said, that's great, but you're not going to bring them here. Are mm-hmm. you? And we, we, just needed a place where people would come in could come in and not know anything about Jesus and like the fact of that they were in the space with these people mm-hmm. because they didn't feel cult so culturally unaware or they didn't know what we were talking about or they didn't know i mean <clears throat> it was just like we started something that at its time was pretty much unheard of in Indianapolis mm-hmm. and um,
2: was it one of the first non denominational churches in we the area? We were
1: denominational. Oh, back then we got we came out of E Free Church and we were still an E Free Church, but it had no impact on mm. anything that we did. Mm. It was just a moniker, and we didn't um, we. I don't ever remember meeting with E Free, a uh, leadership mm-hmm. or anything particularly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went to the E Free Seminary. Because it's a great school. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with our e- or evangelical free connections. And so, no, it wasn't an independent church, but it was certainly independent in the way we carried ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and the best part was that there was no qu- – you couldn't come to our services and not know who we were following. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a – we were not pretending to be uh, hip – so that we could backdoor them on Jesus. It was never like that. We just made following Jesus something that people <clears throat> could relate to. Mm. So Tim without all the other cultural trappings.
3: Tim, you, you were talking about how this sort of older generation at the beginning of grace, they saw their role as um you you talked about them uh, buffering your excesses with their wisdom and encouraging you in the times when you were insecure and uncertain and things like that. Right. It, is, it, is it identical now in this time of sort of, as we've said, like a new generation of leadership at Grace? Because the thing that's so different is that we're not technically starting something new. It's not as cleanly defined as that this is something right. that has it continues on from before do you feel like it's the exact same principles at work or do you feel like it's at all different in the fact that this is a continuation and not something brand new
1: well i d- i do think that um buffering i use that term i think mm-hmm. ac- against excesses mm-hmm. is still applicable i think that it's that the that there's always a good Aspect of having someone who's been down the road before let you know that maybe we need to go thirty miles an hour as opposed to seventy five
3: mm-hmm.
1: on certain things, and the excesses are mostly wanting to to see things happen sooner than they may be able to happen without leaving a lot of damage in your wake with certain people, sure and the thing about building up, I think that's always applicable. I don't think there's anything related to time that changes everybody has insecurities and everybody has uncertainties and it's always helpful to have somebody who believes in you who sees the thing from a different angle like from a higher place mm-hmm. and can speak to you I mean I I honestly probably get more joy out of seeing people move into their gifting in a place of confidence than anything. Yeah, I don't, here's the thing. I I don't know anything that's unique. I just know stuff that you pick up by living and doing the sorts of things that I've been doing. And there are lots of people that have picked that stuff up and, and, and everybody else younger can pick it up. If somebody else just keeps them from falling off to the wrong direction or Mm -hmm. getting worked up about the wrong stuff. And that's what I, that's what happened to us. And, uh, I just want to be able to continue to do that for others, for you guys. For a while, I thought, you know, everybody's telling me I should go do this for other, you could go to other churches and consult other churches. I don't want to consult other churches. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't want to have to learn the nuts and bolts of other places so that I can tell them what somebody in the room ought to already know. Mm. Mm. And so- you know, that, does that make sense to you guys? I just,
2: yeah, I wrote down one of the things you said, sharing your wisdom and bolstering a young person's confidence. That's the essence of mentoring and that Paul was writing a mentoring letter.
1: That's what, yeah. Timothy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I didn't think of that. You know, I read that in a couple of commentaries and I thought, wow, I need to look at that. And then as I looked at it, it was, that's what it's about. It's about exactly what mm-hmm. you just read. And I, uh,
2: And in the beginning of Grace Church, again, as we're celebrating 30 years, I keep going back to some stories I've heard that have come to light this September as we've been talking about this stuff. You shared a story in your sermon, Tim, about elders that came out of Faith Church that supported you as young leadership. Right. But Barry shared a story I think a week prior of somebody who went up to a young Dave Rodriguez and said, mm-hmm. okay, I expect you to retire or whatever that you could do this for three months, but I expect you to step down. So it wasn't smooth sailing. You definitely had some that, opposition.
1: That person didn't come out with us.
2: Mm.
1: Oh, they weren't even a part of it. No, no. He was, he said that to your dad before we came out of the church, I think oh. before we came out oh, because we, I could be wrong on that, Mm -hmm. but I know who it was (laughs) and he did not come out with us and he stayed at faith and your dad was the senior pastor of Grace Community Church for a good deal of time while we met in the gym separately from the other congregation and he was still in an office at that building. So I think that was before we came out. I, I don't, gotcha. s- now. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And he, your dad would be the one to correct me on that. But I had a sense that because that man, I wasn't surprised that he said that at all. I, yeah, no, I have a, I I'd known him all my life and I was 38. So I had that many years of experience of that particular man and what he said was just typical of some people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Hey, I I had a moment. I, back then I was a landscaper, and I was building a brick sidewalk in front of these people's house. And while I was building it, and I had my crew there, and I was there helping the crew, and the people that lived in that house were a group of c- couples who were our age, who were not gonna leave faith, and they were gonna stay. And they'd had a bunch of the wife had had a bunch of her wife friends over and they're sitting in the dining room with the window open, just going crazy about how oh, I can't wait to get all those people out of the building and have our church back and get rid of all those radicals and all this kind of stuff. And I was just like five feet from them listening Mm -hmm. to them. And I finally just had to say to the crew, I said, okay, guys, we're, I know it's only 10, 15, but we're going to lunch (laughs) because I couldn't take it anymore. And it was like, Mm. so yeah, there were people, I mean, it was a, it was a bit of a split. Mm -hmm. it's it's I don't know
0: if you guys have been watching the stuff that's that we've been posting online videos and things like that but it's so fascinating every time somebody says something about radicals because looking back yeah you're looking at it and you're like Dave singing out of hymns, yeah. hymnals.
2: To God be the glory. Yeah, yeah. Women with dresses that still had doilies for collars. Like yeah, how it's just was like, like a, It's just
0: like a snapshot of time because I, I know that 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 was true. But- okay,
1: I saw one of those pictures and my wife was in a sailor suit. <laughs> now, oh no! I asked her if she still had that sailor suit. <laughs> And I was really disappointed when she said no. <laughs> she said no? <laughs> she said no. Yeah, Olivia well, and I were I-
3: watching, we were watching some of those videos the other day, and the other night, and she's like, what are we going to be looking back in 30 years and laughing at and oh thinking we're ridiculous will of be. now? And you I was like, be. nothing,
1: because I- we are the essence <laughs> of cool. And yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, <laughs> you got, you have to realize that f- Grace, community church was the essence of cool yeah and so i
0: I'm not looking i'm not laughing at any of that stuff i because i I was there five years later or whatever and i remember i remember that vibe and feeling wow this is like something I've never felt before yeah at a church but like looking back you're like what that's yeah, it that? that's all it was just, yeah yeah but
1: remember what was ever what was happening everywhere else. right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: it's just funny the funny part to me because even like I have really fond memories of going to Deer Creek for Easter. Uh-huh. And yeah. I was like, that was the coolest thing ever. And then we posted a video of it. and I was like, that is super lame. <laughs> but the to- at the time, oh, it was start- awesome. Can
1: I tell you something about <laughs> yeah. that? During the worship at that, I was standing at the very back. Mm-hmm. And Dave came up and stood next to me. And Deer Creek was full. Yeah, it was packed. Mm-hmm. And we looked at each other and he said, what? Has God done? Mm-hmm. And we both started to cry. Mm. And I put my arm around him and we just stood there thinking, oh, because that's the first time we'd seen it all in one space. Yeah. I remember it being awesome. And we were like, w- w- oh my gosh, what what have we been given responsibility for? Yeah. 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 I'm just
0: I- looking back at like the styles and things yeah. like yeah. you think your memory is like, man, we were like cutting edge. And then now you look back and you're like, we're way more now. <laughs> like if we, had, <laughs> if we had time, time warped 2021 version of grace into mm-hmm. deer Creek, like people would be losing their minds.
1: Yeah. But that was just what was happening.
3: I right know. It's,
1: it's just interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's um, funny. Cause
3: I don't feel like, At this point, I don't know that it feels like Grace Church is like hyper cutting edge, not in the ways that we might have been cutting edge in the early days, stylistically or Mm -hmm. music style, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I I do think we are maybe ahead of the curve in some of the ways that we're talking about biblical theology and intergenerational stuff. Like, I I think that's probably going to be a pretty significant part of the church moving forward. But it's also, I don't at this today, 2021, I don't feel like we're all looking around being like, man, we, we got it right now. I think, <laughs> I don't know that it feels well, like I hope that. Not. I, hope, I hope we're not. Hey, I don't, don't feel think we
1: thought that way then. Yeah. No, I'm not I saying think, that, but I think that other people said we were, Yeah, mm-hmm. but we were just doing what we did. Yeah. I mean, we just did what we did and, um, it wasn't we were not trying to be something other than re- relevant to the people that we knew that we wanted to yeah to meet Jesus. Yeah.
0: The interesting part about your sermon to me is it uh, what you were talking about Paul speaking into Timothy's life like it has to be a two-way thing. Timothy has to be humble enough to receive that. Mm-hmm. I mean it's Paul, he's like a celebrity, but I feel like I mean I'm I'm almost 40 I, there are people in my life that I get to have authority in and speak in and speak into and influence, but they have to receive that. People that are older than me that have been there before that have wisdom that I love listening to, uh, they have to be willing to give it yes. and I have to be willing to receive it. It yeah. can't just be a, a group of people that want to share their wisdom, but nobody wants to receive right, it. I
1: understand that.
0: No, yeah, that that was just interesting to me because Timothy, like when you were talking about the man of God thing, and how Paul calls him a man of God. And there's like a sh- very short list <laughs> of people in the Bible right. that were called that. I just can't imagine what that felt for him. Mm. Felt like for Timothy.
1: I, hmm. Yeah. I, um, I, I had a moment like that and this may make me get a bit weepy. Jennifer and I, when I finished at Cape and Ray in England, were asked by Alan Redpath who was, had been the pastor of Moody Church mm-hmm. and was Billy Graham's mentor.
3: Mm.
1: He asked my wife and I and our two children, and Jennifer was pregnant at the time, to come and live with his wife for this, with him and his wife in their home. They lived out in the country in England for three months in the summer. And he referred to Billy Graham as the prophet. Mm. He And Billy Graham actually visited him while I was there. Along with Warren Wearsby and I had to we left while they were there. I didn't meet them or anything, but because they sought his wisdom. And Alan Redpath um saw me after we left. He was preaching as a guest preacher at Moody Church. So Jennifer and I drove up to Chicago with our kids. And he saw me and he sort of did that way you wrapped your mm. arm around somebody and sort of rubbed their head. And he said, how's the young prophet today? Mm. Wow. Now, or how's the young prophet doing? But he called me the young prophet. I knew who he called the prophet. Yeah. And I've never forgotten that. I've mm. never forgotten the sense of honor that he mm-hmm. paid to me. And I felt that in that passage when I, was preaching it. Mm -hmm. So yeah.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a generosity both ways. There's a generosity to give and share your wisdom, but there's also a generosity to take the time to receive it. And you share a story about Dave and sharing the pulpit and being generous. Yeah, that's
1: that that was important for me to say because it was true. And uh what's going on? I have an audition.
0: What? You're leaving?
2: (laughs) Yeah I'm probably gonna have to cut
0: What? I mean, it's on the calendar, but that's fine, man.
2: Yeah, I know the audition was silence. not on the calendar. Sorry, okay. but yeah, we did reschedule for this day, and that's happening.
0: So you're walk? Oh yeah, you're walking out.
2: I I will. Okay. The auditions at five. We've okay. got a few minutes.
0: The story. Um, the story. Um, Dave would have had every reason in the world to guard the pulpit in the early years of Grace. Right. Like he had. He he could have been in a position of trying to prove something of himself into the world. All the people, all the haters that Barry referenced last week. It's like he could have had every reason to hold on to that and make sure that he was he was the person that was going to prove something. Right. Yet God compelled him to be generous with what he had been entrusted with. Smash cut to today where we're looking back over 30 years and to see the impact that you, Tim, have had on this place culturally, mm-hmm. theologically, spiritually. The amount of people at Grace who have been mentored at some level by you and Jennifer The stuff about women in leadership, the stuff about kingdom theology, all of it, we can look back and say, God works through Tim to bring the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. But all of it could have been squelched. All of it could have been different had God not compelled Dave to be generous.
1: That's exactly what my point was. The truth is, had I not been given opportunities to speak and people not approached me as if I had some sort of authority within the church because I was speaking... And treated me pastorally, I would have never had the experience of a pastor to say, you know, now that, because I sold my business, I had sold my business and I was trying to figure out what to do with myself. And being a pastor probably was not an option I would have thought of if I'd not been given the opportunity to walk alongside of Dave in a space that Mm -hmm. he gave that space to me. He didn't owe that to anybody. And he, and I wasn't the only person that he allowed to have his pulpit, but I think I was the prime. I was the primary second. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he didn't, he didn't do it infrequently either. He did frequently. He gave me the pulpit frequently, even from the first year. And that was the, gift that led me to here, to yeah. do this.
0: So it made me think about all the times that maybe I've missed opportunities to be generous to someone else. And I don't know what those are, but a few come to mind. And what are the ripple effects of of choosing not to be generous? Like, obviously, the, the, the things that we're celebrating especially like with you and you're, I mean, you're, I knew you when I was in high school, you know, mm-hmm. the, there are ripple effects of, of Dave's choice to be generous with you and your choice to be generous with me and, you know, so, so on and so forth. So whose story, what are the ripple effects of not choosing to be generous? What are the, uh, whose story am I a ripple effect in? I don't know if I have answers to that, uh but it put the it it snapped the importance of being choosing to be generous into focus of like man i mean maybe maybe all this stuff would have come to fruition 30 years ago had dave and you not made that choice but the weight of choosing to be generous or not being generous is so heavy mm-hmm. now because you could change someone's life with just your choice to be generous to them or uh you could you could changed their life by choosing not to be you know i
1: I couldn't agree more yeah yeah i felt almost compelled at the highest level of compulsion to speak to that because most people don't know my history most people at grace don't know the history and i don't want to go into great detail but the truth is it's I I needed to say he would never say anything about that, right? And yet the the lesson in it is so great. Mm. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's like that's the destiny making or breaking stuff that we talk about. Like right, mm. yeah. Um, Maren has to go, <laughs> so we were gonna do like a Tim bringing music, Maren bringing music, but Maren's got to go. Well,
2: it the, I've I've got mm, just enough time to hear Tim's
1: song. Let's hear okay. it. Okay. Can we do one song? Barry, are you good for one song? We can do one song. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Okay. I got (laughs) to tell you, the reason I picked this song was because Jennifer and I decided while I was, while I was on sabbatical that this song, that's an older song, but it has like all the elements of, of our souls. It has like this (laughs) deep groove. Yeah. It has, killer guitar player who plays like Harvey Mandel.
2: Play it. I want to hear the elements of well, their souls. So,
0: it for has. anybody who hasn't kept up, like, Tim, when he comes in here, he brings songs that I've I've definitely never heard of. Marin,
2: Likely, I've never. I think he's trying to
1: challenge us yeah, every so,
0: time I'm, so. not, I'm not.
1: <laughs> no, this was... Jennifer and I danced to this song, like, well, five weeks ago. Yeah, last
0: time you brought a song in, I added it to, like, one of my most played playlists. Really? So yeah. Oh, yeah. So wow. So, here we go. This is called uh, Night After Night by Bill Quaitman. Yeah.
2: Thank you for being generous, Tim. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Wait, what's happening? Oh, I muted it. You got to start at the beginning. <laughs> and it's got to be cranked, too.
2: He says that every time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> every time. Ooh. I like it already. Listen to how the bass only plays about every four beats.
2: Big holes.
1: You should take this it's out like to your audition.
2: Player. Yeah. So hard for you. uh, listener, what you can't see is that Tim also enjoys air guitar. Yeah, this every is time
0: the, this the best part of Tim bringing music in <laughs> is that I, he... I can play this. I used to play
1: it. <laughs> and sing it.
2: Bill Quaitman. I have never heard of Bill Cherka sure So
0: you and Jennifer dance to this song
2: Good job one now dancing right now
0: Happy
1: night This big holes Yeah <laughs> That <not> rage <Rhodes>. Yeah
2: <laughs> That's very bluesy I don't know
1: what to do I don't know what to do The uh, Wow You know you I mean, the
2: album it,
0: cover here
3: like
0: is uh, very interesting. A lot, of, a lot of chest hair going on. Yeah. <laughs>
2: but, With a song like this, I would expect.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when we played it, the band was just like a deep group, two, love two love girls singing, time. Jennifer and another Baby Really good night, And the place would just go into this.
2: <laughs> this is amazing oh, I night gotta night go night but thank you so much for playing this song this is fantastic I see Dave he is he is signaling to me through the window so alright sorry guys
0: do justly love mercy <laughs> can you hear the Maddell in that though
2: oh yeah um, Tim's not you. Tim's not gonna let you leave I'm hearing Steve Winwood oh, in yeah. this group yeah alright goodbye see you <laughs> will you send this
1: out <laughs> <laughs> She needed to hear
0: this. <laughs> She's missing it. Yeah, this is unfortunately, so. Sam. It's just me and Barry now, who probably only appreciate half of what Marin There's, appreciates. Yeah, not at all. Sorry, guys. <laughs>
3: this
1: That's just such <laughs> a deep grief, <laughs> guys. No, I.
0: Yeah, this is just jamming,
1: man. Hear the girls acting. Yeah. That's what we had the girls, man. It's, oh, so you guys <laughs> played this song? Oh, yeah. We played it. I was in a band that just was Blue Eyed Soul to the Max. And places would just fall out. And when my wife and this other girl, yeah. would, you know, yeah. started doing this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. And just, it was just crazy cool. Yeah, yeah. So, is this a
0: uh, what is this? Eighties? When did Bill Quaidman? Seventies. All right.
1: And I'd go like this. I'd you go know, like Do that solo. I'd go. I'd take point to the guitar, oh, yeah. like, I was playing a, a big red three thirty-five back then. And it, was, <laughs> 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 it was just heaven. <laughs>
0: Whatever happened to Bill Quayton? He's
1: still around, and you don't want to look him up. No? No. This is one his one group? This is his moment. I don't know who produced it. So I should look it up. But somebody made him. A, yeah, it fades out. Which was big in the 70s. Because yeah. When you played it on the radio, the disc jockey had to come in over the fade and go, that was Bill Quayton. Yeah, that, that's his yeah. new <laughs> hit on his new album, <laughs> Night After Night. <laughs> <laughs> they faded out and then bring the next.
0: Well, once again, we appreciate you bringing in. I've definitely never heard of it. I'll probably add it to a playlist. It's a really cool song. Yeah.
1: It's really cool. And that Harvey Mandel thing, the guitar part, that that band, Bill Quaitman's band on this record was Elton John's band. Oh. And they were called, when they were not um, playing for Elton John, they were called Hookfoot. Oh. And that's the reason I bought the record Mm -hmm. because I knew who the players were and I was a fan of Hookfoot. And that song just kicked it.
0: Yeah. So anyway, cool. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, thanks for bringing that in. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. It's always, always a pleasure.
1: I'm always glad to be here.
0: Yeah. It's so, always a blast great. having you in. Uh, Barry, what are we doing next? What, are we are we wrapping up the series next week?
3: Yeah, we're wrapping it up. We're looking at the uh, the words uh, at the end of 2 Timothy, where Paul basically reminds Timothy of how to use scripture and how to think about the word of God in relation to Carrying on the mission.
0: Cool. And you're preaching? It's me. Yeah, I'm preaching. Yep. So we'll be we'll be back next week. But uh got it all covered this week. So Maren
3: Yay! Whoops.
0: <laughs> Marin is not here to uh, send us out. Barry, do you mind doing doing us the honors? Yeah,
3: I'm glad to. All right. All right. Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday.